Monday, everybody. Welcome into uh, this new week of Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast. I am Paul Russo. Next to me, bug attack survivor Kyle Levins. Behind this uh, desk, Mr. Rochester himself, Nate Sharman handling all the stuff production-wise, boys. Welcome into a new week. How we feeling? Doing well. I like your uh, little intro there. It was, <laughs> was pretty unique. <laughs> yeah, good over here. Uh, great job on Saturday for you two uh, over in Wayne for Wayne Minders' uh, first baseball broadcast on FL1 in the history, and I, I thought you guys did very well. Grazie. Grazie mille. Grazie tutti. Yeah, so weather's heating up. Baseball teams are either getting hot slash staying hot or in the case for the Syracuse Mets, the same <laughs> as we've expected. But um, it, it was a pretty exciting uh, baseball weekend. Um, you know, we, we kind of had um, we had the possibility of some history to be made, and history was made. Sorry about your, your Pirates winning but getting no hit, uh, Nate. That was something. <laughs> pretty impressive. Um, not very many times has it been done in history. So yeah. Yeah. a win's a win. First time in 14 years. Give me the Aaron Boone quote, Kyle. Yeah, it's not a uh, hitting competition. It's a scoring competition, <laughs> which was very well said by him post-game yesterday. Oh, man. Considering the Yankees actually only had two hits. Yeah. yeah. But I had five runs. Yeah. So. All right, let's, uh, let's jump right into it because we got a little bit of a delayed start here. And uh, look, to be honest, we're busy people. We got stuff to do and, and things to get done, right? So let's jump right in. Uh, let's start with... Um, Start with the Yankees because we did, I think, the Mets on Thursday. But either way, we get to them all eventually. Um, pretty good weekend for the Yankees, I'd say. Uh, the bets uh, stayed hot for the most part. Um, obviously, I think Saturday, Sunday, you can make the case that maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But other people kind of stepped up at least on at least yesterday to get the job done. But obviously, we start with Thursday, a big fifteen to seven win. I was watching this game. I, I kind of got a late jump on it uh, because uh, uh, me and Nate were down broadcasting a, another game uh, for, for us here at FL1 during it, uh, well, at the start of it. So I got a little bit of a delayed viewing experience of it. Um, I, I got to see the power surge in the, in the, in the late innings in the eighth and, and stuff like that. So 15-7 uh, to 7 win. Uh, Jonathan Saga, lasagna boy kind of um, – Right to the ship a little bit there, I'd say. He he picked up the win coming out of the bullpen. Joe Kelly, in what was his, I believe, second appearance on the year, just got absolutely shelled in that inning. Uh, so he got credited with the loss. All with two outs. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll touch base on that a little bit because I, I did find it interesting, kind of the discussion around why they left Joe Kelly out there for as long as they did. Uh, but your top performers for the Yankees, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, three for four. Two Stantonian blasts. Uh, walk collectively had six RBIs and scored three runs. Uh, Aaron Judge two for four home run to walk four RBIs. Grand slam, I believe. Right? Was that the grand slam for Judge over the weekend or not? I nope. can't remember. Either way, baseball kind of runs together. <laughs> and DJ Mayhew three for five, a couple doubles, a walk, RBI, and two runs. Um, Donaldson also had a home run, I, and that's where the discussion came in. Is like, why are they leaving Joe Kelly out here? And um, so what's nice about this is, you know, I, I obviously played. I have the coaching background now. Kyle, you were a pitcher, still pitch from time to time every now and then when, when it's needed for people around here. Um, 
when you're a pitcher, especially we had the shortened spring trading, right? And obviously things are different, right? Big leagues compared to the stuff that we do that we're still involved in, obviously much different. But at the end of the day, uh, pitchers more than any other really position in baseball need that warm-up time, that stretch time that's a little bit extended. That's why in spring training, pitchers and catchers report somewhere in the 14- to 10-day window earlier than position players for a team. Joe Kelly obviously hurt. Only, like I said, that was his second appearance on the year. Um, you know, as a pitcher, I'm going to defer to you on this because as a coach, I'm going to give you that run anyway because we're going to need you to be extended out. We need you to get that, that run a little bit. Uh, what were your thoughts really with Joe Kelly being out there for as long as he was? Obviously for the Yankees, it ended up being a big help. Uh, but uh, I know you can at least shed some light as to why that decision was probably made. Yeah, um, he threw well over 30 pitches yeah. from what I remember. Um, I think it's still you got to pull him, but mm-hmm. LaRusso basically went matchups like number-wise. He didn't want a lefty to come in and face Stanton, and that's who was warming in the pen at the time. So I guess you could see that, but at the same sense, Stanton still hit a two-run single. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he probably should have been pulled, but I think it's all about matchups. That's all it is, it seems like, around baseball these days. It's not with what actually needs to happen or what your gut feeling mm-hmm. is. It's what the paper's telling you. Right. And I've, I've become, I know I actually I mentioned it to it a little bit, actually, oddly enough, on our baseball broadcast that we did Saturday morning, and it's the one area I actually agree with Kevin Cash with, oddly enough. Um I don't so much buy into the lefty-righty match stuff like that as much anymore. I actually believe I believe more in the arm slot location stuff now. Um, to me, anyway, and, and trust me, this is my my very what has now become limited experience playing post-high school when you look at it in retrospect. At least around here, and Nate, I know you can agree with this, and Kyle, you can agree with this, we probably only saw for the most part, and even then, if it wasn't a true over-the-top, it was probably nothing more or less than three-quarters angled delivery in high school, right? I don't think – I never saw anybody in high school that was not at least traditionalist over-the-top. Yeah, no guys like Darren O'Day from okay. what I remember. Right, right. Nate, probably the same for you? Yeah, same for okay. me here. Uh, nothing I, crazy. I didn't see somebody with a sidearm or submarine delivery until I was 22 years old. Um, and that season I saw him three different times and I was a combined over four against him with three strikeouts. I remember when I first started playing, I would be the show. There was a couple pitchers that would throw submarine and you would be playing against your buddies and you'd always bring them in oh, I, really and, and still, try to trick them. That still is actually the, uh, the, uh, the way to do it. I, I obviously different, I guess, discussion a little bit with that, but there is a Steve Shizik prime card out, right? I think it's prime. That they're that they're debuting, and that's going to be the next. I know um, the hot one a couple of years ago was uh, the the Rogers, I think, tops now card. This is going to be the early season version of that, but yeah. So, arm slot, it, it, it's a big thing right now. Um, but that also does go with your gut feeling. I'm with you on this one, Kyle. Uh, I think, <laughs> and you have a long-standing thing that I think Larus is incredibly overrated as a manager, but. I think he was trying to to get Kelly that those innings or at least the work in 
But at the same token, he completely shot his team in the foot by doing it. The thing is, it was all with two outs. They scored all their runs with two outs. Kelly actually came in, got, uh, I think it was pretty quickly, uh, two outs. Yeah, he did. He did. And he just, the two out rally started and it wouldn't stop. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you're over, I think think it was 36 pitches. Mm -hmm. At that time for a reliever who, like you said, is kind of coming off an injury and hasn't really appeared in many games, Mm -hmm. you got to pull him. You can't go on a matchup like that with that situation. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, I mean, it's not like the White Sox bullpen as a whole right now is exactly firing all cylinders. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, at some point, you got to stop the bleeding. Um, for the White Sox, unable to do that into Friday. Uh, Yankees come away with a 10-4 victory there. Garrett Cole picked up his third win of the year. Uh, Vince Velasquez uh, dropped a 2-3 and three for the White Sox. He got credit with the loss. Your top performers, uh, Judge, again, another home run, 2-3, for three, a couple walks, a couple RBI, or an RBI. Scored three runs, Stanton two for four, home run. Excellent job by him. Donaldson two for five, home run and a double. And then Garrett Cole went six and a third, six hits, three earned, a walk at nine strikeouts. Um, really good, you know, we've we've talked about now over the course of the past couple weeks. Um, you know, it's good to see Garrett Cole finally turning this corner. Um, you know, we discussed it really it was about three weeks ago now, uh, about how, you know, Garrett Cole Although not admitting to it, we all have we are on a mutual agreement that he was probably one of the pitchers most um, affected by the crackdown on substances. It's good to see that he has found something uh, to to rely on. I'm not going to say it's a substance or not. I, I I know what a certain person in this room believes it to be, but uh, I don't think it is. I think he's kind of finally found the way to go. Before you say anything over there, Nate. I will say this, it's very easy for pitchers to still find a way to get rosin and water together and put it on their pants in order to kind of get it going, and you're not the umps will not crack down on that. I wasn't going to go that direction, but I think what's more important for Garrett Cole right now is that the, all this all the sunshine, for lack of a better term, isn't on him. You know, they're, everyone's talking about the bats, so it's not, he can kind of fly a little bit more, oh, I, I don't know, I I don't know if under the radar about. is the right term, I, you know, everything, all the... All the shine was on him beginning of the season when the Yankees kind of started rocky, right? So now think, he can just pitch. And I don't think it's really so much the well. sunshine on the offense. I think it's on another pitcher, which we'll obviously touch yeah, on. Because cause Garrett Cole, if there's, if there's one thing I know about Garrett Cole, he could give two, uh, two cares about uh, what people think of a team's offense that he's been on before. <laughs> so, uh, But that's a different trash-banging discussion for another day. Uh, Saturday, the only loss for the Yankees in the series, and actually, oddly enough, um, a, a first of the season, uh, in fact, a 3-2 to two loss. Uh, Liam Hendricks picked up the win for the White Sox. Chapman gets the loss, his first blown save, though, on the year. Uh, if there's any solace, usually he, he usually has blown a couple. Even um, though it actually was a tie game, so technically it wasn't a oh, okay. save. It was a 2-2 game. Okay. Higashioka's sack fly tied it in the ninth. So he gets so Chapman gets the blown hold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so still searching apparently for the first blown save. I I read the stat wrong. I apologize. I apologize to everybody out there, specifically Chapman. I suppose I don't know. Uh, Stanton three for four, a double and an RBI. I, he's been red hot. We'll touch on him again here in a minute. Uh, IKF two for four, and then Jordan Montgomery. Uh, went four and a third, uh, definitely not um, distance-wise what they wanted out of him, but six hits, two or three walks, and four strikeouts. I mean, outside of the length-wise, he, he kept him in the ballgame. Um, again, 
I don't know what he did to piss off the baseball gods at this point. It's kind of mind-boggling how the Yankee offense, uh, out of once every five days, apparently they have chosen uh, Jomo to be that guy this year where they just don't show up. <laughs> Makes absolutely no sense. Um, if I'm if I'm him, I'm not obviously going to come out and say it, but I'm, I would be very frustrated. Yeah. And I don't know how he continues to just like kind of like block that out and keep pitching well. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. He, uh, he, he's so good at, and this is, I think, a lot of credit to, to him. I think, you know, I, I mentioned it, it's very similar to the way he, he operates like Pettit. Pettit was more of a power pitcher. Jomo's not. Um, but the way that they carry themselves, the way they're built, I mean, it, it, it's kind of weird how they have mirrored each other. And, look, there, there were years where Pettit, and this is, you know, out, outside of, I guess, you know, the obvious HGH stuff that he had with him, it, you look at some of the years he had, and I think that's a more detriment at this point to him of, a, of his Hall of Fame case, or, well, I guess maybe lack of Hall of Fame case now, is the Yankee offense was kind of the same way with him many years, where it was just like, well... We we know he's going to be keeping us good. I guess we can just send John Vanderwall out there, and I just really dated myself with that player. That's definitely okay. Okay, judging by the look, we're going to play this game really quick. Do you know who John Vanderwall is, Kyle? I do not. Nate, do you? I do not. Okay. Uh, all right. I just really dated myself. On is, that I've one. never even heard of the name. Wait, what? Yeah, never heard of the name. Good God. Okay, we're going to need to do a uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> one of these days when it's like a slower baseball week. We will pick a Thursday and we will play the baseball reference bingo roulette game. You get offended by me calling you old on our broadcasts, and then and you do I, I date, like and I, but then I go out and I date myself with John Vanderwall and and Rondell White and Marquise Grissom. So, yeah, yeah, I walked myself into that one. You're right, Nate. I I will admit on that one. I walked myself into. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I I think it's a lot of credit though. You know, you mentioned Kyle how how he keeps himself. Fairly level and fairly tame. I, I I agree. I don't know how he exactly does it, but that's a credit to him. And he even dodges all the questions yeah. during his uh, media availability. Just, you know, says it doesn't bother him, which you know it does. Yeah. And uh, he just continues to throw the ball well. I mean, yeah, he didn't last that long, but kept the Yankees in it. Yeah. On Sunday, keeping the Yankees in it, 5-1 victory there. Nasty Nestor Cortez picks up the win, second of the year. Michael Kopech picks up the loss for the White Sox. Um, we'll, we'll do the offense first and then touch on our guy, Nestor. Uh, Joey Gallo, one for three at the home run and a walk in two ribbies. IKF picked up a hit and also scored a run. That was pretty much it on offense, right? I mean, you mentioned, Kyle, it was only two hits the whole ball game in this win for the Yankees. Uh, reason for that, I don't know. But our guy, Nasty Nestor Cortez, or should we call him Nestor Cy Cortez? Saez? I don't know how to I messed it up. Either way. He went eight innings, three hits, and earned run seven strikeouts by Guy Nesty Nestor, the pride of Hialeah. Excellent job by him again. Um, I think it, it, I, I chuckle because, you know, when the MLB sends out these graphics and stuff like this, like, oh, here's the front row, right? All they're doing is generating content buzz and stuff like that. But much like Magill for, for, for the Mets, I think you have to take Cortez seriously as an early season Cy Young candidate at this point. Yeah, for sure. He he, the way he's been going, the way he's been pitching, not just this year, but dating back to post All Star break last year, it's been incredible. Yeah, and he's actually got the second best ERA. I know ERA isn't the only stat and to go by, but second best ERA in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. 
with a 1.35 ERA behind Marlins pitcher Pablo uh, Lopez. Oh, another one of my favorite guys. So, yeah, I mean, very impressive. And he's doing it with a team, you know, that's it's the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's not the Padres. It's not a smaller market team. It's a big market team. So it's just impressive. And, you know, the fans love him. He's actually, I think, one of – other than Judge, like he's really loved by all the fans. Oh, he's become – is it safe to say, at least in the cult following, he's become bigger than Judge? I think so. But it's that weird cult following, the way that, like, obviously Jeter was everybody's favorite Yankee, but really I think it was like Hideki Matsui was, you know. And I think it's part of his story as well. I mean, mm-hmm. a 36-round draft pick, mm-hmm. and he's where he is right now in his career is just, it's it's very surprising, but it's also really cool. It's still funny to me, too. Obviously, I know you touched it on it last Thursday, but the fact that the Baltimore Orioles are his motivation is by far my favorite thing on the face <laughs> of the earth. He also just has a fantastic name. Oh, I mean, his whole character is just yeah, tremendous. Exactly. And the stash. Right. I was about to say, the stash, he embraces himself just being the funny guy, right? He's Obviously, last year with Bronxy the Turtle. Shout out, Bronxy. I know you're chilling at the Bronx Zoo right now. And he's just fun to watch. I mean, his weird delivery sometimes, he quick pitches. Well, that's the thing. He's actually has kind of moved away from that. Yeah, yesterday he didn't use it as much. But yeah. Which I think is actually helping him like in this run right now. Like you're he's he's got his mechanics so fine in tune right now. Don't do it. Like normally I'd be all for kind of doing it. Like I was very pro Johnny Cueto with it. But like He's in such a groove right now. Don't mess it up. Like, don't bother with it. And it's also impressive the amount of strikeouts that he keeps racking up, especially because he doesn't throw hard. Mm-hmm. But I guess it plays quicker than it really is. I mean, hitters are behind his fastball. Yeah. His fastball is in 94, 95. I mean, sometimes he hits 93, but a lot of 91, 92. Mm-hmm. So pretty impressive. Love me some nasty nester. And luckily for him, he doesn't have to face – the Baltimore Orioles this week, projected-wise anyway at this point. So four-game series at Baltimore. The Yankees uh, obviously in the stretch right now because of those rainouts, playing 22 games in 21 days. Um, this obviously was no makeups here. This is a normally ske- this is a normal scheduled four-game set. Um, so good news for Kyle Evans and the rest of the people out there. All these games are on Yes Network <laughs> during the week. But not Fridays in Chicago. <laughs> it's always Friday night. Um, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are all 7.05 starts. And then Thursday is a 12.35 start. Uh, like I said, all games on yes tonight. Louis Severino, 2-0 on the year, 4.08 ERA. Going against Kyle Bradish, 1-1, uh, 4.24 ERA. I find the last name Bradish funny, like what makes him slightly Brad, but um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, tomorrow night. Jameson Tyone, 3-1, and one, uh, quietly having a really spectacular year. I know, obviously, pitching staff-wise, we, we've been talking a ton, obviously, about Garrett Cole and, and Nasty Nestor, and then, obviously, the stuff going on with Jomo. Uh, but Tyone really has been, outside of Cortez, the most consistent arm in the Yankee rotation so far this year, in my mind. Um, and he's just kind of gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah, he's actually pitched really well. I mean, if – a lot of Yankee fans will remember how he started his career in New York. wasn't very good, right. but he really figured it out. And he definitely keeps you in the game every time he starts. And I honestly feel confident with him this year on the bump. Yeah. Uh, he'll be going against Spencer Watkins, 0-1, a 5.19 ERA for Baltimore. Wednesday, it's Cole Day. Uh, Garrett Cole, 3-0, 2.95 ERA. 
going against Baltimore's de facto ace and Jordan Lyles. He's 2-3, 4.38 ERA. And then Thursday, the getaway day game at 12.35. Jomo back on the bump, 0-1, 3.06 ERA against Bruce, not Jordan Zimmerman, 2-2. Two 2.72 two, ERA. Bruce has actually uh, kept uh, the ball pretty low uh, for Baltimore. Uh, look, this is a Baltimore team. They're 4-21. and They're fourth in the AL East right now. Um, that being said, they're they're still a very tough team pitching wise to face right now. Um, it's really weird. You look out throughout the big leagues, right? These these teams we thought would be bad, and maybe they are still being bad. Like like say Baltimore, they're still under five hundred. A team like Arizona is another team for me that pops out of this, where their bullpens are still very good. They're still ranking top ten uh, in different slash lines and different stats and stuff like that. Uh, so this, to me, is still an important series for the Yankees. Um, Baltimore still has guys who who are really good. Obviously, Cedric Mullins jumps out. Um, a guy who's had a great year. I know he's been out the past couple games, Austin Hayes, uh, because he got cleated on his left hand. Yankee legend, Rufnet Odor. Rugi, my guy. Uh, Another Yankee legend, Jorge Mateo. It's true. Uh, Non-Yankee legend in... Um, Oh, who's their third baseman? I'm having drawn a blank. I have him in my head just now. Either way, we'll come back to him. I'm sure. If it's not worth, if you if you don't if you can't remember, it's not that important. <laughs> yeah. um, three out of four minimum. Yeah, I, I think three out of four. It's tough. Four game four game series are incredibly tough to sweep. I know we've mentioned it before. Um, I know even we I said it about the White Sox one. Like they're just gonna lose one. I mean it. it that's just the way four game sets play out. And Montgomery starting the final game, right. so we know what will happen there against so. against against a very good Bruce Zimmerman, who I I don't think people realize is probably as good as he is because he's kind of swept under the Baltimore umbrella. And it's an earlier start, right? The team's looking forward to getting back home, yeah. you know. So I don't know. I just if they're gonna lose, that's the game. Mm-hmm. I would think. I um I'm not too sure. Maybe <sighs> the Baltimore lace. Like Baltimore's bullpen's good. If if they get a lead early, I, it's gonna be tough. Um, and I think, uh, Lopez is back too for him out of the bullpen. So, um, I'm with you. I, I don't know which game they'll lose, but I, I think they do drop one. So they'll anyway. be, they'll actually be seeing Baltimore a lot. Seven of their next 10 games are against Baltimore. Right. So it's big. Th- these and, are pivotal. And one thing they lacked last year was beating AL East teams yeah. and especially Baltimore losing series in Baltimore is mm-hmm. not ideal. And I mean, they've already done it this year, lost two out of mm-hmm. three. Yeah. So. Look, they're pivotal games no matter what. At the end of the day, like Kyle said, it's pivotal at the end of the day. Yep. Let's move on to the Mets, head over to Queens. Well, actually, Paul, well, uh, sure. can I add one more thing? I just, if you guys would pay attention to the screen, sure. I'd like to uh, take a look at baseball reference and we'll look at none oh, other than John Vanderwall. My guy, John Vanderwall. Oh, tremendous. Just, just an outstanding career. <laughs> What was this last year, 2004? 2004 at Cincinnati. I was a youngster then. <laughs> you were, yeah. I was I was in fourth grade. I was 10 years old. Well, fourth slash fifth grade. So, Baseball reference. What a fantastic website. There's something I love more than getting lost in that rabbit hole when I fall down. But, yeah, Vanderwall was uh, – I remember when the Yankees signed him, and then they were able to get Raul Mondesi, and, and Vanderwall became a thing of the past quickly for the Yankees. But um, he actually has a higher war than I anticipated. Wow. 2.6 or 6.2? That's higher than I thought. So, credit to John Vanderwall. All right. 
back to the Mets. Let's get to the Mets. <laughs> um, you know, um, you mentioned something interesting, I, I believe, off air, Kyle. Mets, um, maybe not quite as hot as they have been, but they're still, still a tr- I'll call it trending in the right direction, right? Still sitting in first in the NL East. Uh, Thursday, they did have one game to wrap up with Washington. Uh, 4-1 victory there. Ty Walker picked up his first one of the year. Yohan Adon, the loss for the Nationals. Walker went seven innings, gave up three hits and a, and a strikeout. Um, needed to do what they needed him to do. Uh, so good to see that he was able to go as long as that, given the fact he's building back from an injury. Mark Hanna, three for four home run and three RBIs. Thomas Nito picked up a hit in uh, another RBI as well. And this is where things got interesting on the weekend. First series loss on the year against Seattle. Uh, Kyle Evans, you predicted it. I'll, I will give credit to you. I just, just something told me the way they've been playing. Like, they're basically been a 500 team the last 10 games. They're 5-5. Five and five. I mean, they're cooling off a bit, but you expect it. It's a long season, but. And this is, to be fair, true, a Mariners team that we all thought was going to be probably much better than they even are right now. Bullpen is still an issue, but. Yeah, they're they're definitely better than they were the last few years. Proven uh, point about the bullpen being the issue even for Seattle would be Friday, that first game, Seattle 2-1 victory. Paul Seawald, former Met, picked up the win out of the bullpen. Uh, Drew Smith, the loss out of the bullpen, obviously, for the Mets. And then, uh, as you mentioned, this is where, you know, you mentioned with the Mariners having a bit of a funky bullpen situation. Save went to normally set-up guy Drew Strickenrider, uh, his second save, though, on the year. So what does that tell you? A little bit there. Uh, Scherzer got the start. No decisions. Seven innings. Three hits. An earned run and six strikeouts. Um, maybe not as true powerful performance we usually see out of Scherzer. Uh, but that's still a game where he, he did Scherzer things. And the Mets just couldn't provide for him on the offensive end of things. Uh, Brendan Nimmo, two for three with a double and a run scored. Sorry, Marte had a double. Uh, just a tough one for, for, for the Mets on Friday, I thought. Uh, normally... I think this was a game we usually see them really kind of maybe bust out a little bit. And um, it kind of gave the Mariners fuel through the weekend. This uh, series ended up being a little bit more chippy than I thought it would. And maybe not so much on the field stuff, but certainly player-to-fan interaction, as uh, we'll, we'll touch on with, with yesterday's game. Yeah, um, Scherzer obviously threw the ball really well and kept him in the game. It's just There's been a few times actually this year where that Mets team just kind of struggles to get hits. Uh, a lot of a lot of times I I've been looking at the box scores four hits five hits just not enough hits to really you know provide enough offense on so I don't know there's going to be those type of ga- types of games though I think uh, they'll bounce back uh, this with this upcoming series they have with uh, St Louis mm-hmm. but um, yeah it was a kind of a tough weekend tough little stretch five and five over their last ten yeah so this is where um, we'll touch on where we'll have our first true double dip of the. Uh, of the uh, podcast where we talk also about the uh, minor league teams because on Saturday the Mets won 5-4. to four. Adam Adovino picked up the win uh, there. Andres Munoz, the loss for the Mariners, and Eddie Diaz got the save his eighth on the year. Chris Bassett, no decision, five and two-thirds, five hits, and earned a run and eight strikeouts. It's a Marte Parte, three for, five, three for four, home run shy of the cycle. Had three runs and a stolen bag. And like I said, this is where we have our first double. That Patrick Mazika called up to to back up with McCann landing on the IL with that wrist issue. Went one for three with the home run RBI and a run. Also important to note in this game, however, Colin Holderman, who we all thought had the closing pitcher slot nailed down in Syracuse, also got called up over the weekend. He made an appearance on Saturday. Um, 
So the Mets are, are kind of I don't they're not in, they're not intentionally tinkering with things, uh, but it's been interesting to kind of see the fluctuation of rosters between them and Syracuse all of a sudden over the past, the past couple of days, uh, both with injuries and, and not so much. Um, but that portion of it we'll touch more on with the yes Mets. Um, but, you know, you mentioned, right, interesting how the Mets bats kind of go quiet every now and then. Uh, but Saturday, they, they certainly picked it up better late than never, but certainly picked up a little bit. Yep, and that's going to happen with every team. I mean, you're not going to score a ton of runs every game, but – yeah, there's been a few times this year where, you know, they just hadn't had enough offense. Right. Um, certainly the offense showed up yesterday, even though it was an 8-7 loss. Uh, Robbie Ray picked up the win for the Mariners. Uh, Yankee and Met legend back with the Mets, Jason Shreve, picked up the loss there out of the bullpen. Allowed another game-tying home run. Yeah. Julio Rodriguez crushed that ball. Yeah. Uh, and then Diego Castillo, despite his best efforts, did pick up the save for the Mariners. Uh, Ray Legend, Diego Castillo. Uh, J.D. Davis had a triple and two RBIs. Lindor had a home run. Brandon Nimmo, uh, triple, double, and three RBIs there. Uh, but uh, this is where, like I said, you, this is where a lot of stuff boiled over. Um, Seawald on Friday kind of, you know, coming off the mound was a bit, um, we'll call it excited, uh, as we mentioned, former Met, right? And then um, to finish up the game uh, yesterday, uh, the Mariner outfield of Rodriguez, Winker, and then who was in right field for him yesterday? I can't remember exactly, but uh, they wrap up the series after Castillo uh, got the bases loaded and worked himself out of it. Uh, proceeded to wave to the what I call notorious left field corner corner section of fans who tend to be a bit more of the raucous crowd at City Field. And what do you think? Did you see the uh, the final out? Did do you think Pete Alonso went around with the bases loaded? It was a three two count. I don't, I, I don't know what I think about it. I didn't see it live. I thought it was fairly enough borderline. Um, I think it could have went either way. Yeah, yeah. And the umpire decided for them to go the opposite way of right. what they wanted. But, yeah, um, that could have tied the game if he uh, if that went as a ball. Yeah, I don't know if they exactly went the way that they wanted to go with it. But um, it, it's funny. It, it gave me shades of that um, playoff series last year between the Giants and Dodgers that the series ended on that check swing, right? Yep. Um. Obviously, I don't think the stakes are as amplified, right? It's a it was a game on May sixteenth or fifteenth, whatever it was, right? Fifteenth. Today's the sixteenth. Frustrating, but, but not. right, and and that's the thing. I, I you know, <sighs> I've never been a big exact fan of whenever we have like the checks and you have everybody looking because at the same token. I don't think many people – I mean, people do know this, but I don't think many people realize that the batters can also appeal to first base if they think, you know, something like that happened. I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I think it could have gone either way. You, you agree it could have gone either way. So I know he spoke about it after the game, Pete Alonso did, but I don't know I, – I can't remember what he said about it. Yeah. He probably didn't think he went, obviously, because – but, you know, I just kind of wanted to hear what he said. Right. Um. I don't know. It, it, it It's a tough call because, like like you mentioned, right, I mean, this is a team that's played 500 ball the past couple of weeks. Uh, they're still hot, right? I mean, they're still trending the right direction. Um, and they're in a terrible division, in my opinion, but. I don't know about terrible. They're, 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 they're beating up on the each Braves other. Braves aren't the same team. We can clearly tell that. Miami's not going anywhere. Washington's 
awful. Ouch. Going after my Marlins. <laughs> Washington is awful. I just don't yeah. see that division as being very competitive. And this Mets team is far better than any one of those teams. I still think the Phillies could, could catch up if their if their pitching gets it together. Oh, their bullpen is laughable. Yeah. They had a lead in every single game with the Dodgers and mm-hmm. Corey Knable has been getting lit up. But yeah, I just I, I see the Mets running away with it. Yeah. Even if they, you know, kind of play these five hundred stretches. Mm-hmm. This is a pivotal series, though, This, this, because they also have a four-game set Monday through Thursday this week. Uh, it is home against St. Louis, St. Louis 19-15. and, 19 and 15. Uh, They're second in the NL Central right now. Um, joyous news for, for Kyle over here. Every game is on SNY. <laughs> uh, 7-10 start tonight, Miles Mikolas. 3-1, a 1.49 ERA, so I guess he chose this year to have his good year again. Uh, he'll be facing... Uh, Trevor Williams, this is normally Magel's spot in the rotation. Um, Trevor Williams, 0-2, he's been working more or less out of the bullpen this year. Uh, Magel dealing with a tricep injury. Um, obviously, as a pitcher, not ideal. This is um, borderline, in my mind, it's you know kind of one of the top three injuries that I don't like seeing out of a pitcher. What that tells me is um, he was putting a lot of pressure on his arm, probably to compensate for something else within that arm. Um, He's probably going to miss a lot of time. Yeah, this is – I know they just – I think they only put him on the 10-day for now. Yep, they'll probably transfer him. So. Yeah, I was going to say triceps usually – you know, I don't know if they go 60 days, I, but I bet you it, it's a tough spot. I don't know if they just renew the 10-day slot and continue on going with that. Um but this is going to be an injury that, you know, it, it kind of puts the Mets in a tough spot. I, I know they're going to go with Williams tonight. I think we'll see David Peterson a lot more. I was going to say, this is probably you're going to see Peterson. The only reason why you probably aren't seeing Peterson tonight is that he pitched Friday for, for Syracuse. Uh, I've also heard Thomas so, uh, Zapucky, I think. Zapucky, yeah. yeah. Left, is he a left-hander? Pretty sure Zipucky, he is. Zipucky is a left-hander. He 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 has been one of the Mets' top prospects the past couple of years, but he uh, he actually pitched yesterday. And he's got to be on the 40-man roster so he they is. wouldn't have to make him. He is. Okay. Uh, so at that point, you just have to find out who, who has options available or, or whatnot at that point. Maybe they'll try both. Maybe they'll over the stretch of while, while yeah, I mean out. I mean, maybe this is where I know he's on the 40-man. Maybe this is where Mike Montgomery perhaps even gets the call up just because he's a big league vet. But, again, he, he pitched Saturday for Syracuse. So I don't know. They're at a tough spot, which is why I think they're just going to go with Williams. Trusted veteran starter. His, like I say, he's been working mostly out of the pen this year for the Mets. So um, probably just going – and this is again. This is something that I think you gotta give Buck, Buck uh, Showalter credit for here, is the fact that I don't know if Luis Rojas would have the hindsight to just say, "Hey, we have a guy who has started big league games already at the big league roster. Let's just trust him with the ball because we know we can and, and go with it." I'm not too sure if that's something you'd get with Luis Rojas. And uh, it's funny because Luis Rojas had an interesting weekend coaching third for the Yankees uh, this past weekend. So um, I digress. Tuesday. Uh, 7-10 start. Steven Matz makes his uh, home return in the National League anyway to City Field. He's 3-3 three and three on the year, 6.40 ERA. He's going to be facing Ty Walker. Um, obviously, that will be a, a big game for the, I guess, more or less principle of it. I just remembered. Uh, remember the last time these two teams met, the Nolan Arenado stuff? Yes. So this actually might be a really interesting series. Mm-hmm. Will we see some you know, more uh, benches clearing, or uh, will it just be peaceful? I don't know. 
I'm guessing. Uh, I think there'll be some up and in pitches seen, for sure. Yeah, Arenado's gonna get buzzed up and in for sure. Well, Wednesdays are your flamethrower matchup, which I don't think you'll see anything at least intentional. Wednesday, seven ten start. Jordan Hicks, one and three in his first year as a full time starter, former Cardinal closer, going against Mad Max Scherzer, who was four and one. So, like I said, that that matchup you're not going to see anything intentional go flying up and in. Uh, that's a good good chance to have murder occur. I'm thinking if anything happens, it's late innings with like a reliever again or. Oh, I could see I could see it tonight with Trevor Williams. Williams doesn't put up with that stuff for the most part. I just there's an I don't think there's any way that this four games or there's nothing gonna happen in these right. four games. Right. Uh and then Thursday, getaway day, one tenth start. Dakota Hudson goes for the Cardinals, three and two, three point oh six ERA against Chris Bassett, four and two, two point three four. So um yeah, I mean, you got, you know, from the Mets you got your your you're now one and two going at the back end of the series. I changed my mind. They're sure. not winning the series. It's 2-2. I was going to say, I think 2-2 is what you get out of the series. Cardinals are a good enough team to, to pip a couple out. That being said, this Cardinal team has not been playing like the way I thought they would. I, I thought they were the... Tough to say outright winner of the NL Central. I, I was a big fan of the Brewers once again uh, coming into the season. Uh, uh, last night they put on a show. Albert yeah. Pools even got... So yeah, I'm I mean, on the mound. So I I don't I don't know what to make of this Cardinals team. I I don't think they're as good. I'm going Mets either win at three one or they split two two. Um, that's just the vibe I get. I to be honest, as much as they're trusting Williams, I'm willing to bet that they probably do lose tonight. Yeah, they won't lose the series, but I think a split. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our on the farm teams, where um, we have quite literally the hottest team in let well, alone minor league baseball, but probably baseball period in the Rochester Red Wings, sweep the Who Sox, winners of nine straight. We'll touch on that nine straight, though, after we recap their weekend games. Thursday, 6-2 victory over uh, Woochester. Uh, Logan Verrett picked up the win. Darren Giles, the loss for uh, the Red Sox. Uh, Trace Berea, uh, home run. Casey, Davin Casey and Lucius Fox doubled. Uh, Luis Garcia had an RBI, and uh, Richard Urena also had a couple RBIs. So good to see Couple other guys now really stepping up to the plate here offensively for the Red Sox, for the Red Wings rather. Um, Verrett went five innings, picked up, uh, had a walk, six Ks, and two earned runs for him. A lot of good, uh, good sights and sp- coming with this Red Wing team, by the way. Uh, kind of names that we haven't seen just yet, doing a lot of good things. Uh, another case in point with that was Friday night, a 6 4 uh, late inning victory. For the Red Wings, Jace Fry picked up the uh, win out of the pen there. Darwinzon Hernandez, one of my favorite names in baseball, picked up the loss there. Uh, Jordan Weems picked up his fourth save of the year, so that's pretty pretty good to see once again. I touched on it with the S-Mets the past couple of weeks, but the Red Wings are now kind of settling in with their uh, defined closer, especially with Edwards Jr. still being up with the Nationals for the time being. Uh, Goosey had a double, RBI double. Casey and Palacios had an RBI, and Joey Manessis uh, had a, two RBIs uh, that day. Jeffrey uh, Rodriguez uh, technically did get the start, no decision. He went four and two-thirds, three hits, three earned, three walks, and four strikeouts. On Saturday, big offensive day, uh, Rochester coming away with a 9-5 victory. Alberto Baldonado picked up the win out of the pen. Uh, and former, speaking of Cardinal, former St. Louis Cardinal Carlos Martinez uh, signed a minor league deal uh, with uh, Boston recently. 
Uh, he picked up his second loss out of the year for the Hoosocks. Uh, All-American Andrew Stevenson, five for five, three doubles. Huge day at the plate for him. Uh, Luis Garcia had a home run, and Davin Casey picked up a stolen base. Sterling Sharp, no decision, only went four innings, but five hits, three strike or three walks, two strikeouts. Uh, just got his pitch count up a bit too high, uh, all things considered there. Other than that, he was looking to be on pace for another really good quality start out of Sterling Sharp, former uh, Marlin prospect, now with uh, Rochester. And then extra inning victory yesterday, a 7-4 final after 10. Reed Garrett picked up the wins at Kelly the loss. Uh, Andy Young, uh, fresh off the uh, Diamondback train, uh, had a three-run home run. Uh, Sanchez and Manassas each had a double. Uh, now we are looking at, excuse me, a week-long series against Lehigh Valley, who is currently fourth in the IL East, 19 and 17. Uh, so big series nonetheless so for the Red Wings. Like I said, winners of nine straight. Uh, they are now have the longest win streak for them as a team since 1992. Uh, that team that year did not fare as well. They finished 70 and 74. Uh, that being said, this is by far the best Red Wings start in, like we said, uh, last week since 2007. They are tied for being the best team, period, in the International League with uh, Nashville, who is in the International League West. This is a very good team. Um, and what helped with them, in my mind, was at the beginning of last week, we mentioned, right, the Nationals, we thought, would start doing the roster stuff a little bit. But it ended up only being Carl Edwards Jr. that got uh, called up, really, out of, the, out of the core group of guys. And they held tight, six-game sweep. Very rare in minor league baseball to see that at this point, the way they're set up. And now they obviously continue that momentum against a team that they've seen already this year and have won against in Lehigh Valley. Yeah, uh, one of my takeaways uh, from this streak, or just in general, Mm -hmm. is this team has had a lot of two-out late-inning rallies. So that shows me that they just don't quit. Um, They get big hits when they need it. Um, Like, they're just – their pitching is – Sometimes not always great, but their pitching does enough to keep them in the game, and the offense has been putting up a lot of runs. And mm. yeah, they're just all around right now playing really well. Um, the bullpen's been solid despite some call ups. Um, they're they're in a really good spot. I think I think they'll continue to roll this week. Uh, Lehigh Valley is going to be tougher, I think, but we'll see. Yeah, it was so like you mentioned, I know the Hoosocks actually were the hottest team to start the year in the International League East. And since then, because, you know, we mentioned, I know at the start of last week, the Red Sox have had to call people up, send people down because of COVID situations with traveling to Toronto. A couple guys have now stayed up who who were called up. A couple guys have been brought back down. Um, so their roster's a little bit in flux, too, which it, it's tough. I mean, we mentioned, obviously, with Rochester and Syracuse, but that's a situation that all the minor league teams do face, uh, no matter what. Uh, obviously, Red Wings being home this week, uh, a couple noteworthy uh, promotions tomorrow night, golf night. I know, Nate, you're a little bit upset that you're missing that. but um, I'm not too upset. I'll be in uh, the packed Blue Cross Arena for Game 4, well, Amherst Comets. Well, I know that you're upset because you're missing out on the, uh, the Rochester golf book uh, that they're giving out as part of a ticket package. So, Yeah, there's the first X amount of fans are going to get that golf book, that Go Golf US book. Yeah. I'm not sure on the uh, number, though. Sick discounts out of it, though. Yeah, there is for the very golfers good. out there. A lot of great courses in Rochester. I oftentimes said Rochester is a great spot for public golf. Uh, one of the best cities, really, in my opinion. Well, it helps show it. Obviously, going a little bit down a different rabbit hole, but I mean, obviously, Oak Hill back on the uh, pro slate next year with the uh, 
Are they U.S. or PGA next year? That was very timely of you, Paul. PGA Championship this week. Thank you. At Southern Hills uh, next week, returning Doak Hill, 2023. Yep. yep, so. Like you mentioned, though, and I drove by Locust Hill this weekend again, so always nice. Anyway, uh, Wednesday is 70s night t-shirt giveaway there. Fireworks on Friday, and then Saturday, a Milo meet and pet for, for folks who go there. All right, the S-Mets, uh, they end up having a true split last week with Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. Uh, things look positive. They have a couple new faces, like I mentioned, a couple guys getting called up and sent down. Uh, 4-0 victory on Thursday. Connor Gray picked up the win. The pride of Drewsburg uh, picked up the win for the Mets. Manny Bonelos, the loss for the uh, Real Riders. And Yoan Lopez uh, picked up his first save. Obviously, you mentioned, right, Holderman getting called up to the big league club. Pretty interesting. Yuan Lopez was obviously up to start the year with the with the big league Mets. Uh, so he's finding maybe trying to work out a role for him properly there. I know he's technically, I think, on the 40-man, so figure out there. Nick Plummer had a double. Uh, former Red Sox farmhand and former twin farmhand, Zui Lin is uh, with the S-Mets now. He picked up a double, and Ventos had a home run. Uh, Gray went five and two thirds on Thursday, two hits, two walks, three strikeouts. So excellent job by Connor. We, me and Nate saw him in person, uh, three weeks ago up in Rochester. So, uh, good to see him kind of finding his footing with, uh, that maybe truly his hometown team, but gotta be a pretty nice feeling for, uh, the downstate or two or, or well, Southern tier. The pride of Frewsburg. I like pride that. Of Frewsburg. <laughs> Pitch that Bonaventure. I mean, come on. Friday, a 3 0 win from the S Mets. David Peterson picked up the win. Ryan Reber with the loss. And uh, Alex Claudio uh, picked up the save for the Mets. Another fairly fresh face for them. Travis Blingenhorn had a double. Vargas and Brody had a home run. Peterson went six innings, three hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. And this is where it got off the rails, no pun intended. Saturday, a 4 1 loss for the S Mets against the Rail Riders. Hayden Wesniski picked up his first win for the Rail Riders on the year. Mike Montgomery moves to 0-5 now, picked up the loss. Shelby Miller, his fifth save. Uh, the only positive on offense, uh, the only run, Daniel Palka hit a home run uh, for Syracuse. Mike Montgomery went five innings, five hits, three earned, four walks, and four strikeouts. Now, that being said, he kept them in the game, just uh, the offense when you needed them most just didn't show up once again for the S-Mets. And that was the story of the case also yesterday on Sunday, a 3-1 loss. J.P. Sears picked up the win. Thomas Apucky, the loss. Greg Wester, the save. Lynn hit a home run, Zapucky went five innings, three hits, one earned, two walks, and a strikeout. So, again, starters did their job, just the offense not showing up for the S-Mets. Yeah, I, that's going to be the same issue all year. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see this team really winning many games this year. And it's um, tough because they got off to a, a, just a horrid start, 1-10 to start the year. And since then, uh, they've been playing you know, slightly above 500 ball, but – uh, the past two series have been true, true splits, and it, it, it's tough. You know, we mentioned it. It's tough to dig yourself out of the hole at that point. Um, and with some more and, call-ups coming. And right, and, so. and, and this is the roster that has now been really in flux, right? I mentioned Lynn has come up. <laughs> Sorry about that. Excuse me. And um, I, I, I couldn't hold it. <laughs> I tried. But um, – and, you know, you, we mentioned, right, Magel's going to be out, and they're trusting Williams, but you're, you, we might see Sapucky, who, who is a top prospect for the Mets, get called up. We might see it be – I doubt they go the Montgomery route, but you never know. But Peterson's on the 40-man. He starts. He's already did get a start for the Mets this year when they needed him to come in for a day. 
it, anything's kind of possible with him at this point. And, and that's the unfortunate part is as soon as some of these guys kind of find their grooves, something happens to where they get called up or they get hurt. Something happens where uh, there's just no continuity with Syracuse. Yeah, and one issue with Syracuse is also consistency. One game they'll put up nine runs, mm-hmm. the next game they won't score. It's just it's kind of been the trend early on in the season. And look, they, they do have a first-year manager in bowls at the AAA level. He's probably just trying to find his footing there as well. And that's okay. I mean, that's the purpose of my league, right? I mean, everybody's kind of getting their, getting set from the next move upward. Uh, I think there was a lot of high hopes for this Syracuse Mets team. And look, plenty of ball games still be left. I mean, it, it's not like the season ends next Sunday. Uh, but, you know, like we mentioned, the, the continuity is not great. And they, they put themselves in a hole at the start of the year. And it's just tough to dig yourself out at that point. Yeah, and uh, things things don't get easier this week for them. Yeah, and Buffalo, I don't know. I don't know how they're how they'll do against Buffalo. Buffalo to me is just a team that always finds a way. Like they're pretty they're pretty solid. Yeah, I mean they're they're second in the IOEs, twenty and sixteen. They're they're actually four. Rochester has four games clear of everybody else in the in the division right now. Um, and you mentioned that this is a good Buffalo team overall. Uh, Toronto definitely has some really good prospects kind of stashed there right now because. Their big league club is kind of chock full at the moment, so um, this is a Buffalo team that should. I don't like. I said it's hard sweeping a six game series in the my. It just is. Um, that being said, I I don't see a way Syracuse probably gets more than two wins against them. Yeah, and Syracuse has had these weird games where they beat teams that they shouldn't beat. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe hey, maybe that's the case, right? I mean, they were the first ones to kind of take the first dent out of the Hoosocks. Yep. So who knows. Um, all right, that wraps up the pod for today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, if uh, you haven't, if you don't catch us live or you're behind, you can always watch the episodes on YouTube or you can go ahead and listen on YouTube or Anchor and Spotify. Um, we'll be back next, uh, this week, Thursday at 11. We'll recap the early week games and look ahead to the weekend. See everybody, uh, see everybody then.